Yo, what up? It's Donut, and you tuning in to all your Illuminati news. Make sure you smash that like button, please, and thank you, and put a one in the comment to make sure you can hear us okay. We got a big show for you today. Occult rituals happening worldwide. I guess it's freezing over in Texas. I got this from a friend of mine. She sent me this, and they're talking about rolling blackouts. I don't know too much on it. So if you're in the comment section, you know about this, please let us know because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but this podcast is going to be excellent because we got, my family thinks I'm crazy. Mark Steves over here and paranoid American. Got got both of them links down below. You got to go subscribe over to them. And let's get right into it in the news right now. Larry Fink He's the BlackRock man right here. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, buying up all them lands or whatever, says something about the tokenization of everything, pretty much. Something that I've been talking about for a long time. I'm going to play that clip real quick. We believe the next step going forward will be the tokenization of financial assets. And that means every stock Every bond will have its own, basically, QCIP. It'll be on one general ledger. Every investor, you and I, will have our own number, our own identification. We could rid ourselves of all issues around illicit activities about bonds and stocks. And di- They're introducing the digital asset to the economy. This is goes into the digitization of everything, what I called in my Donut Illuminati book, that I put out, I said they digitize in everything and they're going to also digitize everybody's souls where it's like you're uploading their consciousness into the digital world. When the world was locked down, for example, Nancy Pelosi's first HR bill was the digital currency. So when everyone was locked down, the first thing that she pushed was this HR bill for the digital currency. And we had the coin shortage and all that and all the fear around touching quarters and coins. This is all leading up to the CBDC and to get uh, the debt clock. We got that huge debt clock. It was from 27 trillion to now $34 trillion debt clock to reset that, the great reset, the reset that needs war and a CBDC. So that is what's incoming at this meeting, most likely at Davos right now. Davos is is, is happening right now. I just got to say, I think the, the digitization could be dope, man. I, and I don't even know. Like, I understand the, the problems with it, right? But devil's advocate, I think that it's there's a lot of convenience that goes with it, and I'm not convinced that we could upload our souls into anything. I'm I'm kind of I want to say convinced, but it makes more sense to me that the soul binds to whatever it's going to be in, like moment of conception or maybe before that or something. But like once it happens, once that quantum entanglement happens, like it's kind of set for life. So I'm not sure. Like me here that's already been on this planet and like lived my experience can just sit in a chair somewhere. They can model me and they can scan my brain, but they can do that anyways. Like just every text message you send, the way you walk, the things you eat, the things you do, if they can just capture all that, they can make a simulation close enough to you 
to do everything that they would need to figure out how you would react and put you in like another simulation. But I think that the soul aspect could be that if once they create a vessel that's attractive enough to a soul. So like right now, say you believe in reincarnation, right? And you die and you turn back into a soul or however it works, you, you know, you switch it back in and they, you check another one back out. I think it's almost like a library, but then you get to bind to that thing. But what if one of the options now is like an Android body when you go up to wherever you go to recycle your soul and they're like, all right, you can go back into one of these flesh suits or it looks like those dudes on earth have got this like new thing where it's just a robot thing or it's like, you know, an implant, you can ju just jump into one of these implants now. And, uh, I think that's where the soul and the, like the technology might merge. It'll, it won't be something that you can actively participate in. It'll be like an option that happens outside of this world. Right. The psyche, for example, when Carl Jung spoke about that, it was the soul. So that's what he meant when he said psyche. So it could just be our mind, maybe not the, your actual soul being digitized, but everybody getting into the, the neural links and whatever, the cell phone and the transhumanism right there, digitizing people that way uh, seems to be a, a way to kind of connect those two dots. Maybe not your actual soul, but maybe your mind. I'm, I'm almost pro implant too, man. I don't know. I know that might be a hot take, but I feel like all this is doing, in my opinion, is like, your phone, right? Right now, your phone, it, like when I grew up, the phone was connected to the wall. Like that was where it was at. And you had to go in, like unhook it from the wall and you couldn't walk too far. And then you got the cordless. And now it's like your phone's anywhere you want it to be in the house. And then it turned into your phones in your pocket. So like one of the things I had mentioned before is tell me at what point this is transhumanism. If the phone's connected to my shoulder, is it transhumanism yet? Or how about if it's connected to like my forehead? Or what if I just slide it down so now it's just in front of my eyes? And at that point, this is like the AR goggles, right? And if you can just say, okay, well, all I'm doing is just putting my phone on my eyes. Well, then you just say, okay, well, now let's imagine that it's like a contact lens instead of glasses. So now it's inside your eye. So once you've got the computer as a contact lens inside your eye, how much different is it to then just start like moving it closer and closer to the brain? Well, absolutely, Paranoid. The, all these guys right here, they are connected to that technology that you're speaking of. Just like ChatGPT was released right after the lockdowns. Well, they were utilizing ChatGPT during it as well, but we got it afterwards. All these top wealthy men are already connected and they are more advanced in a sense because of that. Now, the technology they're going to give us with those neural links and implants, is it going to be the same as the technology that they have right now? As the wealth of the world's five richest men more than doubled since 2020. I wrote about this in the Donut Illuminati book right here. Uh, we're going to go over a lot of different Illuminati information and Illuminati books, but what's your thoughts on that? Are we going to get that top technology or is that going to be for billionaire class, trillionaire class only? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'll leave it open for Mark. I don't want to hog this. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't want to like turn this into like a 
debate where I'm the Kaczynski and Thomas is the uh, Bezos over here, you know, but I definitely <laughs> think that, that him and I see things a, a little differently. Uh, I wonder how good digital currency is during a EMP or some sort of uh, system breakdown, you know, in that sense, can you re really rely on anything digital? No. Uh, we still do live in a world where countries are warring against each other. So if we all are on digital currency and another nation, let's say China or North Korea or whoever, Russia even, they decide to hit an EMP, you know, along the East Coast or the West Coast, all the stores, all the gas stations, all of the, the common daily infrastructural places you go to. They're not going to work. Your credit card's not going to work. Your phone's not going to work. Your hand chip reader's not going to work. So I, that's paranoid, of course. I'm not. I'm not someone who thinks the world's going to end, but uh, that is an advantage of having a decentralized currency or a, a, a physical currency rather than decentralized. But I mean, cash in that sense is not, you know, impenetrable either. So. Uh, but yeah, as far as are the average public going to get this technology? No, are you crazy, Donut? No, <laughs> never. They've never they've never given this stuff to the, the common people. It's just how it works. They give right. it to the military and look, we, first. And I want to remind everybody: we just crashing through over a thousand people up here watching live. So make sure to smash that like button. We're streaming. On multiple platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. So make sure to smash the like button. I'm going to remind everybody. It gets us into the algorithms. But yeah, okay. Well, you know, it's it's definitely on the agenda for sure. All, all this stuff. And the SWIFT system plays a big role in it. That's why I think that they use people like Taylor Swift just to get this idea into the psyche right so the world the way i see it being ran is through symbols etymology so the word swift taylor swift i mean it, it it's all the same so there's a lot going on right now in the news the emmys are happening right now put on by natas n-a-t-a-s which is satan backwards so we're going to keep everybody updated with who's going to be winning these Emmy Awards. I don't even recognize half of those names. Yeah. Well, let's let's see what is winning because th this is a – let me see. Let me see. Let me refresh it to see who, who winning. The Last of Us, Zombies. So this was last year's, right? Yeah, but it's happening tonight. So the bear one, I've never watched it, but I could pull up the slide where he has a tattoo that says 322 occultly. I'll bring that up here in a moment. I've seen Succession and The Bear. Those are really good, actually. I think both of them are really good. Oh, The Bear is a good show? I liked it. It's, it's about a guy that runs a restaurant and all the problems that go on with running a restaurant with family and friends so i think i think it's it's fairly relatable although it's also one of those shows where everything has to be like over the top so of course he's like a michelin star chef that's also down on his luck 
like you know running from the the bottom up but i like it i think it's a good one so it's tap two it doesn't say three two two but it's a cult in a sense because it says seven seven but it looks like three two two still even though it says seven seven three but it looks like three two two right there That's the only thing I know about that TV show. But is this succession about uh, the Murdoch family? Pretty much, more or less. Oh, that that show go hard. That's a dope show. That should win, for sure. I really like that show. Yeah. What, what do you know about the symbol of the Emmys? Isn't it an ancient Egyptian goddess or god? Oh, Ted Lasso. There's a 322 connection to Ted Lasso as well. In the show, Ted Lasso, the day that they're cursed is November 18th, the 322 day of the year, and the day the Illuminati founder, Adam Weishaupt, passed away. It's also a day that a lot of celebrities like to go into the metaverse. That's when Justin Bieber went into the metaverse as well. Let me see. What did, what did Justin Bieber do with the metaverse? I'm out of the loop on this. No, he just went into the metaverse on November 18th, the 322 day of the year, full of symbology. He was on this Black Rock as we started off this presentation with Larry Fink, the CEO of Black Rock. And he has the owl tattoo. The Super Bowls mm -hmm. approaching the superb owl and him doing this hand gesture, the Illuminati eye hand gesture, and then his eyeball got all out of whack as well. So it just seems like a lot of symbolism to dates in my research. And then here we got who's who, right? Which one's the president? <laughs> right. Right. Can you explain that for everybody? Well, that there's a theory that Adam Weissop on the left, who's the founder of the Illuminati, uh, looks similar enough that it might have been used as George Washington's portrait. I personally, I don't know about this one. I think this, I think George Washington uh, would be throwing some fists right now if someone, if someone dropped this on him, because he was pretty outspoken about not being a fan of the Illuminati and that he didn't think that they had a stronghold anywhere in the United States, at least not one big enough for him to care about. Although he probably didn't realize the skull and bones and uh, the whole like, you know, American academia was basically going to be what the Bavarian Illuminati was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now I got this picture of Adam Weishaupt and he looks like an alien, like his... <laughs> His, his eyeball, look how big his eyes are in this image or even this image. It just doesn't <laughs> look, it doesn't look human. It doesn't look natural. Have you ever met anyone? <laughs> oh, that's how, that's how people from Germany and Prussia look. That's how they look. They have big eyes. And are big... you serious? I've never seen anybody. Yeah, dude, he looks nothing like George Washington. I was thinking that when you had both of them side by side, I'm like, look at Adam Weishaupt, his huge German eyes. Like he's just, he he's like a. I could just see him saying Wiener Schnitzel. Like he he's like completely that 
anybody in Europe knows what I'm talking about. Like there's there's definitely big eyed Germans specific facial features for specific parts of you know different countries and ethnicities. It's you know not I something go I claim to be an expert in, but <laughs> Right. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go out there and see because I'm I'm just in America, so <laughs> I've never seen anybody. Yeah. A lot of those people in the Swiss Alps region, they have those big eyes like that. Mm. Have either of you been to Bavaria before? Have like you? modern day Ingolstadt? Nah, I wish I want to go out there. I just watch YouTube videos. I don't. Yeah. I can't travel. I'm just so curious if you went out there, if they're like sick of people bringing it up or if it's like rare for people to bring it up and they're just there to like eat Danishes and crap. Uh, or if yeah, they're like, well, like, oh, yeah, you know, here's where he was born and here's where he went. Uh, or if it's just like some weird little niche thing. Yeah, I wonder if you go there, does is that that the question everyone asks? Because if I went there, that's what I would want. to. No, that's about. the reason I'm going there. You know, there's like zero oh. reason for me to go to Ingolstadt. Right. I want to learn about Frankenstein and its allegory of the Illuminati. So let's get into some, uh, I got, I got more slides, but on that topic of Bavaria, I got this book about Percy Shelley writing Frankenstein and not uh, Mary Shelley. Um, and that the whole story of Frankenstein is an allegory for the Illuminati, the story of the Adam Weishaupt's creation. As Percy Shelley wrote anonymous books, he was an anonymous writer. And the Prometheus book, Frankenstein, was an anonymous book. So there's all this connection to Percy being the author of this this book but it is a it's about the illuminati so i wanted to get into a lot of uh, illuminati literature that people can read and i know paranoid american he's got a, a big collection i got also a collection of some illuminati stuff uh I'm glad you Mark, you uh i'm glad yeah oh yeah my book my books are obviously these are not records these are books behind me they're just spilling off the wall they i can barely keep them against the wall i'm gonna need to start like gluing them to the wall but anyways i just went home uh well where i used to live and i got a couple more boxes of books and i got all my robert anton wilson books uh i have like six of them right Robert Anton Wilson. His Are we going to be talking about Illuminatus or Illuminati? I would argue that Robert Anton Wilson is not Illuminati. Not a part of the Illuminati? But he's responsible for keeping it in the public psyche for longer than, uh, you know, normal. Or at least he, he elevated it to like a new spot with his Illuminatus trilogy, I'd argue. Right. Uh, I so think like, he was in something, but I don't know if it was the Illuminati. I know he was—he was—he was a Discordian. Uh, definitely had information about secret societies that most would need to be in a secret society to get. But uh, 
But yeah, I don't know. I feel like Robert Anton Wilson was more of a parody of all these ideas. Like he, sure, he was including these ideas in a serious way. He obviously took this information very seriously, but you can't read his material and walk away from it with any sort of like actual understanding of anything tangible. It's more like reading philosophy or like a fiction novel that borders on truth you know or like what's his name uh um anyways thomas saved me i was thinking of another author but you 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 know wilson really well what do you think am i am i off with my understanding of robert anton wilson i mean i still think that he's responsible because he could have latched on to anything right let's say that he wrote about uh, like the the Moose Lodge or something, the Elk Club. Then I feel like if if he had only written about you know the Elk Club instead of the Illuminati, then there would be far less people talking about hip hop Illuminati and all the other versions of Illuminati today. Oh, I, I think I that, that but I'm saying that like, it, yeah, but I, but his theories weren't theories in the sense of like your average conspiracy nonfiction person like his books are fiction like there's nothing actual about what he's saying about the illuminatus other than the fact that he's being inspired by the real world to create this fictional sort of stuff he's talking he's i mean he's giving actual thoughts and philosophy within his fiction that do have a like a you know place in in non-fiction so to speak but like if yeah, you're I mean, going I to something that's going to tell you encyclopedically like what the illuminati is that's not the place to go in my opinion right I, I think that his is more of like a lord of the rings ish like you might be able to derive some history from tolkien but you'd probably be better off with a history book although lord of the rings it like stands on its own and it has its own merit kind of like illuminatus if you want to get insight into the psyche of robert anton wilson i think prometheus rising is probably your closest gateway into that one because that one is this series of kind of like mental tricks that you play on yourself to just change your well, perspective and, the whole the world. Point, and that's why i didn't read to be honest i didn't read much of his fiction after reading prometheus rising because it was like a it was like a pre practical guide to what his fiction books were so like reading his fiction books might have under you might have undergone that process through reading it but with prometheus rising he basically spells it out for you like hey skip the skip the long work here's the shortcut and um and i like that but i was also kind of like and this is just speaking from my personal experience i'm not telling people what to think about robert anton wilson but i i personally felt like his philosophy was very nihilistic without recognizing it and maybe it was insidiously nihilistic but there's the, there's this sense of like nothing matters you know to tune out drop out kind of attitude that i think is is passe now obviously but it's uh i don't know it's part of what kind of turned me away from robert anton wilson but i'm a little bit younger than both of you so maybe it's just not you know in my zeitgeist so to speak 
you know it's more of like this 70s 80s counterculture references that he you know is is in enmeshed in so a lot of that went over my head right but well, i think you know, if people want to like really understand what happened to people in the counterculture like read prometheus rising because in many ways people were undergoing this process of psychological transformation on a mass level and then on a personal level with material like this you know the whole self-transformation section of the bookstore and so so and so on and so forth yeah you know i'm a, i'm a big fan uh, of his work because it's so uh eclectic i think the word is so there's so many different uh conspiracies all over the place and it seems like it's a joke but the more you like look into each topic that he talks about the more you're like dang he's talking about some true stuff but also what mark was saying as well with the nihilistic element even though he really did push optimism saying that being optimistic you live longer in his interviews but this book prometheus rising i did a big breakdown on it put together a, a video called robot programming you could check that out over on the rumble but it is based off of timothy larry who you were talking about is tune in and drop out i mean robert anton wilson he was homies with alistair crowley so all these uh speakings and the Eleusian mystery cults of the goddess worship. He was definitely pushing in the sex magic rituals in the in the books that that he was writing about. But uh, as my friend Ani said to me, he was like, "Yo, these are like keys to. Uh, they're like keys. You know, you read them, and then it it there's a lot of truth in them. And I think what happening in this book, Prometheus Rising." It lays out exactly what you just said, Mark, uh, of the psychological transmutation of a culture of the hippies in the 70s and whatever, and moving on to this new culture, bringing us the counterculture of even hip hop and people speaking of the Illuminati today. But that same thing that they're talking about here that transmuted that culture is happening now with the alien agenda. So um, the way that they talk about imprinting and brainwashing, the way that you change the imprinting of a society is through the hallucinogenic drugs and the rituals so you can have a new psychology of something to come, which, in my opinion, is the alien religion that is being created. I'm I'm with you up until the last part because I I do think that that whole process uh, is essential for changing the minds and creating actual cultures. Like I think without the Eleusinian mysteries, we wouldn't have any part of Western culture as we know it, for better or worse, right? But I think it's for the better. But I also think that there's some of those things that can only be taught to certain people because if you imagine it it was it was the one equalizer and this is why even the skull and bones they've got the painting with the skulls and it basically says like which one's the the king and which one's the pauper and it basically is saying that everyone's equal in death and that it matters what you do in your life and i think that whole premise was amplified in eleusinian mysteries where you'd be shoulder to shoulder and you might be like a peasant and you look to your right and there's like um you know like like alexander or something like there's a, a major major guy that's all going through the same process and if everyone's just done the kaikion for the very first time and you've never 
experienced a different sort of perspective like that, then you're truly like you're going to be bonding with people way outside your class system. And just that experience alone would never happen in any other form of society. Like maybe if you go to church or something, but even then they got like the good seats, you know what I mean? Um, and when you go to these Eleusinia mysteries, that removes everything. Well, so the part that you don't agree, you agree with everything, but the alien religion. I don't know if it's alien. Re- like I, maybe this is just the the dirty Mason in me, right? But I really do think that secret mystery schools and masonry and whatever you want to fill in the blank with, they're responsible for maintaining culture and preventing just like absolute deterioration back into if I can beat you over the head with a bigger stick, then I get all your stuff. And I really do think that without some of, I guess, the architecture and the foundation that some of these mystery cults sort of implement at all levels of society, without those, we kind of revert back into a really weird animalistic phase. And I think that the ancients and maybe even the elites know part of this and they can use that either for them or against us or vice versa. But I really think that's what it is. Like we're constantly trying to stay above water. And it will be so easy to fall. Like Mark was saying, let's say an EMP goes off and then all of a sudden people just stop learning stuff. And then let's say like you stop being able to understand languages. Imagine how humanity would be now without the Rosetta Stone, right? Like this one thing that was found recently. How do you explain explain cultures that haven't had Freemasonry that... Well, that's what I'm saying. Fill in the blank though, because you pick any culture that you want. I... I have a strong feeling that they all have some sort of like a mystery class or a shaman class. Um, like, like the shamans in my opinion would kind of be like the, the grassroots version of an Illuminati, right? Like the village let scope version of the Illuminati, because those shamans have access to knowledge that other people don't. And in some cases it's almost like fought over. And if you look at alchemists that they would change the names of the ingredients that they were working with to prevent other alchemists from getting the in and in my mind that's sort of secret society ish like it's it's preventing knowledge from getting out into the profane in any different way you want to call it so uh one question so it's I secret guess societies have... that keep society together maybe i i think so maybe yeah so you think that they're not trying to, to build yeah so with this whole great reset, right, with all this predictive programming of some sort of cyber incident, that is what Charles Schwab said is the next great uh, event to take place. Here's Cyber Polygon. This is stuff that they're speaking about at Davos with Obama making that new leave the world behind movie as well. Um, and their new video movie they're coming out with the Betty and Barney Hill incident. Um, it seems to me that a cyber incident is on the table. It seems like a lot of division is being pushed as today is also MLK day, Martin Luther King day, which I want to get into a little bit that if society goes into a Charles Manson scenario and let's just say everything is screwed up, right? 90% of the population you don't is gone. You don't see that happening or do you see that happening? And if it doesn't happen, 
um, and everything's just being maintained, do you think they're going to be bringing in a new religion or they want to keep it like the powers that be keep it pretty much the same with the Abrahamic religions? I just want your thoughts on that. I don't know if that made any sense. Paranoid. We're actively being depopulated. Go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm lagging. Did you guys get that? Am I interrupting yeah, something? We're being actively depopulated. That's, see, that's a great title right there. That's a, that's a YouTube oh, okay, good. title right, right I'm there. I'm just going to clap. And we'll all clap. We'll all sync up. <laughs> this is how it works. And just restate the question so I can answer. That's the title so of the if, episode if, now. If we're, we're actively being depopulated. If we're not going into an alien cult religion oh, yeah, yeah. and resetting it, uh, you think it's just going to be the same Abrahamic religions for the next, like, I mean, yeah, I, I got a hot take on this one a little bit too, but I really think that like Jesus is this like ever evolving God that just keeps like, what's that? Oh man, what's that video game? It's like, this is going to be a weird analogy, but like you start out as like a little ball and you keep rolling around a city and like you start like put it like real over cars and trash and you get bigger and then you start rolling over buildings and you keep getting bigger and bigger. Okay. Um, I it's can't remember the name of it. Effect. Yeah, it's a snowball effect. It's an investing so, term. Too. So I guess that's kind of my vision of what Jesus is, is that like every time someone did something really dope and really commendable um, and like divine, then they just kind of like tacked that guy onto this like snowball. And then you, you keep that snowball rolling for a couple thousand years or more. And now all of a sudden you've got like, yeah, like let's say that like, the first dude on the the very far left, that tiny little dot, right? That was a, some guy probably called John that was just like, hey, we should be cool to each other. Like, let's not be dicks anymore. And then there was another guy that was like, hey, I'm going to be selfless and let's maybe, you know, treat each other with a lot of kindness, turn the other cheek. And then you've got all different stories. And this is where the combination of like Hercules and, um, you know, like Hermes and Mercury and all these different like messenger gods and they get like amalgamated into these these one gods, right? Because we went from all these different religions with pantheons into these monotheistic, sort of monotheistic. Because you got holy trinities and some, but I really think that it's just this big amalgamation. So if we've put all this time and energy into like making this very convenient one god to worship that represents all the gods of all of our ancestors, then they would use that. Like you would keep using that one thing to be the control. So I really do think it would be like, if, if they were going to do a blue beam, like it would be Jesus. Like that would be the blue beam. It wouldn't be some new religion. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if, if I get proven wrong, that would be, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very fascinating topic. I, I feel like it's uh, important. It's something I think about. And I really like, thank you for sharing your thoughts on all that. Today is Martin Luther King uh day right mlk day and he was allies with jfk and they both were assassinated in some sort of king kill ritual as i know you know a lot about this book i'm gonna ask you some questions on it um or if you have something to bring up but i think it's kind of weird that he got assassinated at lorraine motel right Lorraine 
the cross of Lorraine, right? The double cross. And it's got the chevron on top. This is it. That's a chevron. The the top, it's basically an asymmetrical chevron. Hmm. Okay. What is that? Is that like the square thing right here? Uh, or the just so like a, yeah, the, the big, it kind of looks like a check mark, right? That's, that's a asymmetrical elongated chevron, but a chevron, uh, if you look at it in a certain perspective, it's basically the corner of a cube uh, in 3d. It's also, if you look at military insignia, it's usually what denotes a uh, non-commissioned officers, how many, um, chevrons they've got. Hmm. So the check mark is uh, a cube, a corner of a cube. So what would you think this symbolizes? For me, I just see Lorraine, right? The the cross of Lorraine, where a lot of the, the Templar symbolism uh, comes from. Um, TJ Maxx logo has it right here. A lot of people get triggered. I, I feel like more people are triggered on TJ Maxx than they are on the religious commentary <laughs> that you just gave because I made a video and I was all like, this is you the mean people that are pro TJ Maxx and they're like, no, I'm not supporting the Illuminati. That's not true, bro. I couldn't believe how many people got so pissed off that I was you like, got deals, man, you can't lie. They got deals at, at the max. Dude. Yeah. It's uh no, I, yeah, no, the max that you write, they do got <laughs> deals. They do got deals. Um, but it definitely is a secret society symbol, uh, hands down. And that this hotel that he was assassinated at Lorraine, I just think that's crazy. I think it's crazy that the FBI actually posted on Twitter today and they were like, you know, today was this tragic day. And it's like, Guys, <laughs> someone posted the letter that the, they were sending to MLK to get him to do horrible things to himself. And, mm -hmm. and it's like, you, you can't just whitewash this by putting a, a positive tweet up every MLK day. But I, they actually can. That's how it works, though. Are you speaking of the suicide letter? Like yeah, this is the one. Him with? Okay. Do you know a lot about this? I just know that they were... They were trying everything they could in their uh, abilities to assassinate his character before they just straight up assassinated his person. And this is one of the things is that they were basically saying, we've got all this blackmail on you and we know how, you know, a dirty dog you are. And you might as well just, you know, take the exit stage left uh, unless we take it for you. So. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So this is on Matthew Eretz Substack. He wrote a, a fantastic article. Highly recommend uh, I highly recommend you both interviewing him. Um, he just did this Substack article for Martin Luther King Day, let us end his second assassination. And it's, uh, you know, uh, very, very interesting. I got a bunch of slides up from what he was talking about. Uh, so you can add in, but what he was going into this article is how the FBI smeared, uh, MLK's name that they're still doing that today with this author right here that put out this, uh, this information that he was doing these orgies and all, all this crazy stuff, but it was coming from David Garo, who is the guy who's pretty much responsible for the whole Trump is part of Russia, that whole like narrative being pushed. And there's a connection to COINTELPRO this is a, a very important topic. I feel like I don't speak enough about. I used to talk about COINTELPRO a lot. Um, 
but it's it's connected to that and it's also uh connected to just so much stuff but before i go any further um what's your your thoughts on what i just said with COINTELPRO and also this guy who's uh working to assassinate his character still i think just like more people should know about COINTELPRO this is the one that targets like leftist organizations and there's also PatCon which I think is like the right-wing version of COINTELPRO. And that one's even more under the radar. Well, I wish I didn't show that. I might want to blur that one. My bad, everybody. Sorry about that. So so COINTELPRO would go after like the workers' rights organization, basically the left the side, and PATCON goes after like the militias and the, uh, like the, I guess, kind of like the pro-Trump sort of aspect. And these are just two wings of the same exact operation where it is these three-letter agencies that are just kind of like trying to set up the pins so they can bowl them back down that's kind of the situation here right so first they'll infiltrate in my mind what happens is it like man this is a lot of work like these guys are scattered like they're not well organized and like they might be able to do something bad but they don't have the skills or the like the talent to, to orchestrate it all so the fbi like they help orchestrate things that these groups wouldn't do on their own like give them access to resources they wouldn't have, give them planning, like strategic, actual planning that only some like expert would know. And then once these these grassroots groups employ those strategies given to them by three-letter agencies and use the resources given to them by three-letter agencies, then they swoop in and take everybody out and then use it as an excuse to basically pass more laws. And I think it's exactly the same COINTELPRO, PATCON, two wings of the same bird. Oh, yeah yeah it's a this article though very interesting um and you know shout out again to matthew Eric for writing this but i was looking into it and he just goes so deep into uh some research and another article he had on his Substack was talking about benjamin franklin being a spy uh so, so like even benjamin franklin like what i've heard on mlk is like he's part of secret societies same thing with uh, Ben Franklin. Uh, he was part of Hell's Fire Club, which is satanic. That's where Aleister Crowley got his motto, uh, do what that will, which comes even before that from, to, from the assassin's order, do what is permissible. Um, but the satanic element of the Hellfire Club, Benjamin Franklin was a part of, but uh, I, I, I don't want to quote him, but from what I've read and what I understand is that he was saying that Ben Franklin actually was a spy uh, on the Hellfire Club. So there, there's so much um, information is so um, there's so many uh, COINTELPRO operations going on. Well, I think Ben Franklin was basically like all these guys. If you go before the 1900s, like secret society and being an, an intelligence agency was essentially the exact same thing. Like, you know, that like Bavarian Illuminati might as well have just been the Bavarian CIA by any other name for quite a while, or at the very least they set the blueprint. So I think that's kind of what is still happening here. So I'll just say one quote from his, um, what he was writing, which, you know, it's thought provoking because he gets me to think that's why I like this dude so much is because he gets me to think and question my own like uh, reality. 
The fact that so many news outlets jumped on the bag wagon of this uh, story right here on uh, MLK about the orgies he was attending, um, that so many people, so many of these big media are jumping on these stories, right? So think about the stories over the last few years that the media pushes like hardcore and all these different big medias, Washington Post and all of them are all affiliated with the CIA and these agencies, right? The, the alphabet boys. Um, so they were pushing this, but why are they pushing this in this moment of history? Could this strange hysteria over a mediocre slander piece have anything to do with the fact that the polarized cages of left and right are finally breaking down? Could it be that the light shed upon the injustices, corruption at the heart of U.S. government has awoken something within the collective psyche of Americans, which many had thought long dead? Um, so, I, I mean, I find that interesting. That article is interesting. I'm not as optimistic as that last rhetorical question is implying. Like, mm -hmm. could it be that light has shed upon... Could it be that the left and right cages it? No, I don't think the no, I don't think either of those things are can it be. I think that the left and right are, if anything, are are segregating themselves even more and polarizing themselves even more. They're not breaking down. I don't feel like we're getting more purple. I feel like we're getting more blue and red everywhere. Uh more blue as in like more. Like like politically, at least in American-wise, right? It feels like people are becoming either like one of three things. They're either becoming more Democrat, more Republican, or more whatever you want to consider your third party, whether it's like abstaining or it's backing the Green Party or the Libertarian Party or whatever. It's, it's essentially saying like, I'm not going to play around. Uh, like, I don't want to play with my game. I'll just throw my vote out. And I, I feel like there's not people that are clamoring for some kind of like a third party option. Everyone's kind of just like rooting for their team more and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, going back to these secret societies, the secret society element of spy rings and all of this is absolutely not a fictional topic. I come up on here and I'm like, yo, what up donut dolphin Illuminati? We have fun, but this is actually real history that we're talking about and actually the way the world is operated i'm just kind of a character so i'm always making doing fun stuff and laughing and doing stuff but this stuff is real and the hellfire club had wilkes booth part of it and then his grandson was john wilkes booth who assassinated abraham lincoln What's up, Mark? <laughs> Mark, what do you think about all this? Well, I think I'm I'm being bugged right now. My girlfriend says oh. hello to everybody. Hello. Her name Look. is Tara. Tara. And she wants to be known and heard and acknowledged. And she says hi to both of you. And I think this is fascinating, and I'm going to turn my mic off and uh, listen. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yo, what up, Tyra? Um, yeah. Uh, so what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, King Kill 33? Like, it, it seems like 
people get taken out. And I feel like not just me, but a lot of people, especially Ani, has been connecting some dots with certain astrological alignments to assassination attempts. Um, does this book mean anything on the topics that I was speaking of? Martin Luther King. Um, you know what I mean? King kill rituals. Yeah, this man. A hundred, a hundred percent. And, uh, I've, so I've got some, some tangential stuff that I've looked really deep into this. So I'm, I'll connect some things that we can go into depth on like if now or later or whatever, but long stories that Sydney Gottlieb, uh, in the CIA head of the MK ultra program and all of the different sub projects. He was one of the big names and he was like a toxicology expert. He was kind of like a, a chemist nerd. They also was like big into living in the outdoors. I think in later in life, he moved away from civilization and he built like a log cabin that had no electricity, no running water. Like he was a, a unique person to say the least. Right. And one of the things that he was interested in was all of these different witchcraft and like cultural um, explanations of like zombification. For example, he got real deep into this. And one of the things that he came across was in West Africa, there was this concept of a King kill ritual. And it was um, shown by a lot of different, again, secret societies within these African tribes. And what they would do to paraphrase some of it is that they would take um, a, a King when he had a, a young son, right? Let's say donuts run in the village, right? Donuts, the, the village chief, you have a little donut. And as soon as he's born, they'll put his feet in clay and they'll take like a, like basically a picture of his feet, right? And they'll dry it and they'll keep that in like the, the, the Royal sort of palace or wherever, wherever the, the group keeps like all the important records for the culture. And as soon as the King looks like he's on the decline or if the king looks like he's starting to become corrupted, or if there's anything at all that's like, yo, king, it's it's not looking good. Like, we were doing good yesterday, we're not doing good now. They would bring the clay um, casting of his son's feet and show it to him, and he would it would be on him to go and basically exit stage left on his own. Like, you know, leave this world willingly, and if he didn't, then they would forcefully remove him from the world. And the leave whole the world behind. Their... What's that? leave the world behind yeah well well the the point was that the king at that point represented the health and the virility of the village that he represented or in our case if you want to talk about jfk or mlk jfk's case he represented the health of the united states right we were in this huge turning point a big catalyst social changes were happening he was talking about dismantling the irs and the intelligence agencies and then mlk is also at the height of his popularity and, and making these big social changes. So what the concept of King Kill 33 is, is if you imagine that these political movements are like big balls of energy, and at this point it has the most potential energy possible, they basically come and they subvert it. They come and take the head energy. And like if the, you know, if the big donut ball of energy that was doing great and everyone's loving them is traveling north real fast, and the CIA comes up and they're like, man, it's a great ball of energy you got there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and grab that, but we need to go south. You know what I mean? So they just take that potential energy, stop it from the direction it's headed in, and now they can control where the energy goes. I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm oversimplifying that too much, but that's no, the whole no. premise of King Kill 33. 
Right. And I believe this is what happened with uh, the assassination of John Lennon with MTV. So like you got John Lennon was the radio star, right? He gets taken out. And then a year later, MTV was released. And one of the first songs they played was Video Killed the Radio Star. So it was this energy of the Beatles, the Beatles mania, uh, transformed from listening to it on record to watching music videos, which is now reality television. I'm down so- with that, bro. I'm I'm on board with that theory, 100%, man. Because that if you were to pinpoint like who would be the king, who's the JFK of music, I think that's a great point, man. The Beatles was like a huge and it's not even like the Beatles were this grassroots group like I I feel like the Beatles was all orchestrated by the elites and the cultists like that was their brainchild like they all invested their time and energy in these guys so of course it was going to be them um but that doesn't mean that they were free from you know turning into a ritual themselves mm-hmm mm-hmm yep yep it, it is wild what's your thoughts on that Mark Well, I think Thomas summed it up pretty well. I think a lot of people look at JFK with like rose-colored glasses. You know, it's important to remember that there is a whole secret society behind him and his family as well. So I think what we were seeing there may be part one part king-kill ritual, another part, you know, war between mobs. You know, these kind of things go on all the time, you know, um, and they are their factions. They fight each other for control. So I don't know. I, I think the the uh, JFK assassination is a lot to talk about. As far as MLK goes, what was the name of the, the guy who assassinated him? He was a um, like a pro-black Muslim type of uh he had some affiliation with that type of organization james, right james earl ray right well allegedly <laughs> allegedly yeah but that's kind of leads into what you're saying about PatCon and cointel pro and how they were trying to basically you know kneecap or decapitate these movements before they got any traction i wonder how much uh, of these movements were manufactured and then they got out of hand so they had to take out their leaders you know um i mean if, if i don't I know, know if you guys have ever had to do I don't know if, have you guys ever had to do like extermination of any kind uh to, and like i don't know like an ant infestation or bees or mice or anything no, but I've been watching videos how they get there's a hornet's nest and they get gasoline and then they put it. Yeah. In so, so I mean, so that I mean, that's risky because if you miss it by a little bit or you drop that guy. So, I mean, I've had to do something yeah. similar, like like huge hornet nests. And uh, there's one thing I mean, th- maybe I was just like I was I was uh, maybe out in the sun too long this day when I came with this thought. But it was like, man, if there was a way to get all these hornets to just start attacking each other and i could just like i don't know play a song or like spray them down with something that because almost all hornet and ant killer and stuff 
It's just petroleum. It just coats them in oil. And since um, bugs breathe through their skin, since they've got this like coating around them, they basically suffocate because they can't breathe. And that's what kills them, right? But you got to hit basically every single one of them to take them all out that way. So if there was a way to just make them all turn on themselves and just start stinging each other and taking them out, like you could just go bip bip and walk inside and wait an hour and come back out and the problem solved itself, right? And it would even be like more ec- like um uh, ecologically friendly, right? It would be green to just get them all to off themselves as opposed to me like spraying them down with chemicals or like having to, you know, use gunpowder if you were talking about something bigger than bugs. So I think that like this is the the most efficient way that we can possibly find or in the three letter agencies like if you just get people to fight themselves like you don't have to do any of this stuff they'll start spraying each other with the, with the petroleum you know what i mean and i wish we brought this up too with herbert hoover he created cointelpro when we did our podcast most recently on herbert. was it herbert or was it j edgar hoover oh it's probably j edgar hoover you know i was reading the matthew Arid article and i said hoover and i just I've been on think, this. Yeah, it was, was Jay Edgar right. Hoover. You're right. It was Jay Edgar Hoover. That makes more sense. That's. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That's wild stuff. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, I got a bunch of other slides too. Um, with we well, let's recheck the Emmys. See what's going on in with the Emmys real quick. See if anything. Anything popping? Anything? Is there like a live countdown somewhere? Yeah, this is the live, live one. Everything. Succession. Succession was a great show. Um, Lotus was good too. I don't know if you watched that one. I heard it was good. I haven't seen it, but it had that one lady in it from uh, Best in Show. That documentary. Have you seen that movie, Best in Show, by Christopher Guest? A while ago. That's an old one, right? It's like twenty years old now. Yeah, I really liked Christopher Guest's works. Um, he even did a, I think he did a Kirsten Dunst. I don't know if he did Drop Dead Gorgeous, but uh, he did, people who don't know who I'm talking about, he did Spinal Tap. That was his first, one of his big films right there. Um, Best in Show. It's like a mocky series, and I love those, like The Office and that yeah it looks I like there's an illuminati connection to that too man because one of the main actors in maybe i'm wrong but i think one of the main actors in spinal tap was um harry harry shearer from simpsons fame and he's a like a fairly prominent bohemian club member or at least a very outspoken one wow really right i'm not making that up am i um Harry, yeah, Sharer? Harry Shearer. Yep, that's him. Okay, so Harry Shearer was in that movie I was just talking about. So if you Gatt. if you've never heard of this one, this one's a, a deep cut. But there's a movie that Harry Shearer wrote and produced, and I think he even started, and it was called The Teddy Bear Picnic. And The Teddy Bear Picnic was a movie he made about Alex Jones. Um, but it was like when you get, I guess, when you get big enough and rich enough, like you can just produce. Yeah, right there, Teddy Bear's Picnic, two thousand two. So this movie was essentially about a bunch of uh, guys, you know, in the club. They go out into the woods and somebody sneaks in and busts their club up. But this is essentially a direct response to Alex Jones breaking into Bohemian Club. Whether or not you think that was planned or whatever, this movie is a direct response to it. 
Wow. So that's one of the key informations. This is definitely something I'm watching tonight. Absolutely. It's not a good movie at all, but yeah, it's well, it's... I like bad movies. So <laughs> okay. It's probably, probably love it. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, care, right here. Yeah. Cremation of care. Um and they, they don't hide it. Like they yeah, they have something called assassination of time. Like, come on, dude. That's assassin is cremation of care. Um, so like it's it's very overt. Like they don't hide that this is literally a reenactment of Bohemian Grove. Wow. See, this is why but you gotta go subscribe right now. I got the links down below. The paranoid American, Mystic Mark, my family thinks I'm crazy. They got the best. They find the best stuff. So make sure you go subscribe. Got the links. We, down we bring there. the receipts too, both of us. Yeah, you both Eric, bring the receipts. Aaron just told else. me she saw this in high school, this movie. Freshman oh, year. Oh, really? What did she remember about it? Did she know it was Bohemian Grove? What do you remember about it? Anything? Did you know about Bohemian Grove back then? She doesn't remember. Except for the band. And this was totally, in my opinion, this whole movie was an inside nod to like, haha, like even if they break in and even if they expose us, like nobody cares and we're just going to keep doing what we do. I wonder why he picked that name because I'm looking up Teddy Bear Picnic and all this stuff's popping up. That's weird. Which it's a famous song too. Oh, okay. That's okay. that's the one right there. Uh, 1932, Henry Hall and his orchestra. But but there's a a song that it's basically about having your picnic interrupted. I think. Interesting. Interesting. Yes, I'm seeing if I could find like a a trailer. Where's Yogi Bear from? Isn't Yogi Bear from that part of California? He's Yellowstone. No, he's Yellowstone. Oh. Mm. So I, I found a trailer. I'm downloading it and I'm going to put it up on here. Yeah, Smokey the Bear. I don't think Smokey the Bear belonged to a certain region because he was the one that was like, only you can. National uh, Forest. Forest. What about Bosco the Bear? You know Bosco? Maybe it's. Um... Hmm. Maybe it's Teddy Roosevelt, as in Teddy, Teddy mm. Bear. Is he? In, well, that's where the Teddy Bear, the Teddy Bear, or he didn't invent it, but he popularized it. Does this look familiar? Oh, so he's in it. This guy's hilarious. Wow, he's in like an all Christopher Guest yeah. movies. Is that the? That's no, not the right. Take me back to high school. I don't Is think I've. I haven't seen this in a very long time. It looks great. It's got some great actors. He's hilarious. Well, I think he's well, hilarious. That tell you that all these actors were part of this in joke about secret societies in California. Alan Thicke. Yep. And look at is is not like a looks like a redwood that's right behind him there, man. That thing's huge. All yeah. these fools are part like that's the crazy thing is like the more like you can look up any of these famous people and usually they got some connections to some bohemian club type uh occult rituals. There you go, best in show. Yeah, they're, they're they're dropping all the names that we were talking about. Spinal tab, best in show. And yeah, now you can, can add this one to the uh to the list is the Alex Jones Bohemian Club movie. Oh, see, this guy's hilarious too on the right. 
And on the left, he's in Su- that's Super Dave. Okay. He's racist too. It's you didn't know about Super Dave? Uh-uh. He, that was that guy. He played a character that was like Evil Knievel. And he even he got big enough to where he had like his own cartoon show in the 90s, I think. Like a Saturday morning cartoon show. It was called Super Dave. It was <laughs> it was dope, man. It, like you'd probably be based now in 2024 times. Okay. I'm going to check it out because I... Yeah, you know, All these characters are in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And this is this is where oh, I knew. Him I from. remember this show. Yeah. Oh, so that was him, huh? That's him, yeah, man. It's crazy, dude. Crazy. Um, wow. <laughs> the head. <laughs> That's nuts. That's nuts. But yeah, this let me see what let me see what else. I want to just see what other symbols there he is. There's Harry Shearer. And that, I believe that's Mr. Burns, too, by the way. Really? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure uh, Harry Shearer does the voice for Burns and a whole bunch of other um, characters on The Simpsons. Well, that's very telling. Harry Shearer's Mister Burns. Yeah. So go figure that that it's Mister Burns is the one that's making movies about Alex Jones and Bohemian Club and all of this the simpsons predictive um conspiracies where like the simpsons knew about something ahead of time well guess what it's because harry shear was at the freaking lakeside talk at bohemian club where they they come and they tell all the world leaders hey here's the new things that that are going to be rolling out over the next uh few election cycles right here's the next 10 years in culture and technology like they literally get these talks they're called lakeside talks Bro, that's smash- where they get the inside yeah. scoop Smash that like button. You're hearing it first on the Donut Factory. Paranoid American. My family thinks I'm crazy. Oh, my goodness. This is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. That's nuts. Damn dicka, for God's sake. <laughs> Great. The one, pl- the one spot I play is as a curse word. For 51 weeks a year, 5-1, the day the Illuminati was founded. And like, this isn't being subtle, right? They're telling you this is Bohemian Club. Has Alex spoken about this movie? Uh, I'm not sure. Is that him? Is that Alex? (laughs) There he is breaking in, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to play it real quick. Oh, right, that's him. Yeah, the guy, the guy with the little. Uh... Hey, you little prick! Give me that camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it goes. Oh man, this is nuts, bro. Look, he's doing the hand gesture too. That wasn't—I don't even think super pop. Maybe it was. It was 2002. It probably was popularized already. But uh, that diamond hand gesture. And you got the the drag, right? That's that's one of the big things that happens at Bohemian Club since it's a male only club, but that doesn't prevent them from putting on plays where like everyone's a woman. Um, so it's just it's like another weird, very specific inside nod to exactly what really happens at Bohemian Club. Damn. Yeah, and that goes back to the uh, Lucinian mysteries, right? With uh when uh, I, but I think the Eleusinian Mysteries were co-ed. I'm pretty sure that they admitted men and women. Oh, okay. Well, then but, it didn't, but yeah, they, they still had people doing because 
man i i i'm almost jealous of the eleusinian mysteries because imagine what's happening is you're going to like the most badass uh pink floyd laser light show underground like literally underground in a big ancient cave um and then on top of that you get this big sort of like dramatic play put on for you by the people that invented drama like it must have been some next level thing that we can't even have an analogy for anymore would you that mean behind him if you gaze at it it looks like an iron cross or a templar cross or a switzerland flag wow great great fine like i mean i can't believe i never knew about this has anybody in the comments heard about this movie because <laughs> i sure have not seems like Let's it was go. straight to dvd i would never i don't think it hit the theaters if it's saying coming soon to vhs and dvd it was a sleeper man i, I really do believe that this was made for like him and his homies and they never even needed to make a profit on it because it was it was just an expensive like you know personal thing that people people don't remember because of all the streaming sites now but there used to be movies that went straight to dvd for whatever reason you know maybe they made this movie and then the the people producers were like yeah listen we can't put this in theaters it's too revealing and it just went straight to dvd I mean, yeah, there's a lot of movies though on DVD that you that you can't get it on Amazon. A lot of uh, a lot of videos you got to purchase on DVD. Even Ghost Dog, uh, not even a like conspiratorial, but Ghost Dog Whoa. you can't even get. Yeah, love that movie. Have you seen Ghost Dog? Paranoid. Oh, of course, man. That was that was my jam, dude. I got I got the the album when it came out too. I love that movie so much. You got the album. Did you get the book? I didn't get the book. You know what? Like it was like based off of the Hagakuri. I think the book came out a while after the movie, though, didn't it? Like the movie had to get pretty big first, and on all the extra ancillary stuff started coming out. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I have it, but it's the Code of the Samurai. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I think it did. Um great book though I great movie it. man it's, it's such a weird uh combination of like there's the french dude and then you've got the samurai and then you've got like these really cheesy like a like a over-the-top soprano style gangsters <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i i even bought the movie that they say was based off of called la samurai um it's not as good though i remember too this guy was way ahead of his time because he had one of those little car scanners that he could just scan the entry code to your car and pop it and drive away and this is what like early 2000s mm -hmm. and he was listening to kill a priest when he was in it so you had the album yeah, so shout like, out kill a priest. yeah shout out to kill a priest he was listening to it on his way to uh do his assassinations and then rizza that that beat down, 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 that beat the whole movie like they play it through sometimes i'll play that and clean i think this is where rizza got his footing for starting to do soundtracks like he really shined on this one in particular yeah and then quentin tarantino came in and was like yo you like shout out QT. 
and you're in the feet, the feet, feet fetish yeah. <laughs> your feet. <laughs> he loves feet. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. I got, I got drunk with uh Quentin Tarantino once. Uh, no. Like, yeah. On stage at a, at a Wu-Tang. I got a video of it on YouTube somewhere. I've smoked a blunt with two live crew and kill a priest and who else? I don't know. I think that's it. I remember Devin, the dude got, got a whole crowd sick as hell. Like him and his whole uh, group were like coughing and they started passing blunts out into the crowd. And everyone I knew that was at that show was sick for like a week or two, but the, it was still one of the best shows ever. Like I got sick from Devin, the dude, yo, this is so dope. <laughs> I did smoke with blazed that homie too, at the Shangri-La, uh, the six Joker card uh, release party in las vegas is that an icp thing yeah so when icp released their first joke their six joker card which was huge hype they threw parties all over america and i went to the one in vegas i was like probably 14 um but interesting enough there's a new interview as i was talking about the moon child with you and a few of our private presentations and i got them up here right right now they're over on the Rumble, but you can only access them through the Patreon. I'm sure they're on your Patreon as well. I, we, I need to get them, and I don't have them yet, so I got to grab these from you. Okay, I'll drop them in the private link. Yeah, I'm, I'm just starting to roll out my Rumble because I got I got my wrist slapped uh, pretty hard by YouTube recently. So I took all the videos that I've been releasing to YouTube and put them all on Rumble instead. So uh, definitely come and follow me on Rumble, please. Well, in this one that we did, uh, we went over the moon child, Aleister Crowley's moon child. And it made me think, yo, you know what? I think that ICP and Eminem is the story of the moon child because it's two secret occult groups, the Golden Dawn and Aleister Crowley's OTO, I believe. They're those two societies battling it out. And I was like, man, that sounds very similar to ICP and Eminem. And this new interview just was released. One of the rappers, Mars, who's on Dark Lotus, the first album, he said that he was doing Golden Dawn magic and applying it to the, the album. So I was thinking that ICP was the OTO, Aleister Crowley, and Eminem was the Golden Dawn because of the Samuel Mathers connection. Samuel Mathers creating the Golden Dawn and then Marshall Mathers, his grandson, possibly according to his mom, Eminem's mom. Um, but maybe I got that switched up. Maybe Eminem is the Aleister Crowley. And so I thought that was weird. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of connection, right? Because Crowley was in OTO, but then he had a disagreement over a handful of things in the OTO and then he splintered off and created Thalema uh, as like his own version of it. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. And the OTO itself was a splinter off of what Rosicrucianism, I think. So it went from like Rosicrucianism to OTO uh, and then from OTO to Thalema because OTO still exists. Rosicrucianism still exists. And they had some of like the similar um philosophies but you know they splintered for a reason 
You know, it's interesting you just brought up Rosicrucian. Um, I was looking at the Rosicrucian Park that you can see in the bottom right corner in Silicon Valley. This is where the head of the order is, but Manly P. Hall says it's a scam. What did Manly P. Hall say? So on the bottom right is the Rosicrucian Park, a secret society park in Silicon Valley. And Manly P. Hall says that this is hocus, this is bogus, sort of, um, that it's not the real order. That that, But that's where the headquarters of like the Rosicrucian order is located. Yeah. I mean, that's a popular trend though, is that a lot of the, the secret societies like from one generation to the next, they'll basically say that like, it's not real anymore. Like, like it was the old generation was the last real group of whatever, fill in the blank, Rosicrucians, Freemasons, Americans. Uh, it's always kind of like that, but I think societies, it's absolutely true because one of the the dumb analogies to come up with, but like when there's something that you've got that's like really important, right? Like you got a hundred dollar bill or something that you're trying to stash away for a rainy day. You're like, I'm gonna stick this in a place where, like, I won't like I won't accidentally spend it, but I won't forget about it. And like you'll put it in like a jacket pocket in the back of the closet and some jacket you never wear. But then when you actually need it. You're like, damn, where did I put that hundred dollars? I know it's here somewhere, but I hid it from myself too well. And I think that's what happens in a lot of these secret societies is that like the guys at the top, they they hide it too well and then they die or they just never visit it again. Or you repeat that over multiple generations and all of a sudden, like all the teachings are lost. But no one's trying to tell that anyone that the teachings are lost because then you don't get any more membership fees. Right. Yeah, I know you're right. Manly P. Hall, he was lying. Like, because <laughs> these orders don't disappear. They they continue. And uh, it's absolutely um wild. Kid Cuddy just put up a statue, a massive statue of himself in Paris and California. <laughs> I've been looking into Kid Cuddy for a while. But yeah, this is a new statue that he got put up. What does that seeing. say on the front? Racers? Mm. Raiders, Raiders Raid. with a J too, or a Raiders. G. Yeah, Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. That's like one of his things. That's okay. he calls himself Mister Rager. Okay. What is this all about? I mean, people spending their money, <laughs> rich people spending their money on rich people stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, I'm gonna give me a statue, dog. <laughs> you know how much I could, how much cool stuff I could make that's better than this statue for whatever it costs to make this. Like Kid Cudi, hit me up, bro. Let me put out like 50 comics instead of one of these statues. So Kid Cudi, he dropped Day and Night. That's what got him famous. Remember that song, Day and Night? Wasn't he uh, black and yellow too? No, that was Wiz Khalifa. That's right. That's right. Yes hip-hop historian over here but i thought there was some knights templar elements in this uh who's that it's the virgin mary isn't it okay. or isis i mean depending on who you want to talk about oh okay i was gonna just say if it was mary um, I know mary is it i mean potato potato dude because she's not mary she has a child in her arm 
now she's yeah, the mother. But, but that would also be uh, pictures of ISIS. What What about sure. um, with the the Templars? Weren't they interested in Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, the wife of Christ. That supposedly. was like, uh huh. Um, well, I was just saying, is not the same Mary as Mother Mary or Jesus's mother. I was just saying the Templar connection because it's day and night, so it's like black and white. Um, so I thought it was very Knights Templar esque vibes to that song, and it got that song got him famous. That song went hard. I, I used to be all I used to be a stoner and I would listen to it and be in self-pity like I'm alone. <laughs> I'm alone day and night. MySpace. I had this. This was my MySpace song. Yeah, but he dressed up as a woman. <laughs> and after this humiliation ritual, he was awarded with headlining rolling loud. It didn't. Who was the English dude that did this first, though? Yeah, that was Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. No, I was. I was thinking of. Uh, there's like a more Harry Styles. I think it is. Yeah, Harry Styles. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like he was on the cover of all these magazines. So I think that. Yeah. So did every black actor in the nineties. Yeah. Right. I think. So I, I mean, oh, I got I got another theory on that too. Humiliation ritual, a hundred percent, and that's a real thing. I don't know if you ever heard of the secret society of Wall Street. What is it, Beta Kappa Phi? I, I don't know if I've got that exactly right, but their initiation ritual is exactly this. They'll have some mm -hmm. high class, you know, Wall Street banker, and they have to put on lipstick and pumps and like a sequin dress, like at like dress to the nines, and that's the initiation ritual um that's another really great there's a great scene in um is this is this the one is it did i get it right yeah yeah, yeah this is yeah, the so, so, society on wall street and i don't know if it mentions it in here but that that is basically their initiation and there's a great show called billions that i think it was show oh, yeah, I love that, bro. and there's that a scene after, in there yeah, well right. there's a uh what's what's the his like sidekick's name um i forget he's got like a dope little nickname but he gets invited to join that secret society mm -hmm. on the dress and everything. And they basically like laugh him out of the room. They're like, no, you're not actually invited. Uh, and it's like the ultimate humiliation ritual, like, like a literal version of it. Yeah, there you go. And they yeah. have to, they have to walk around and just like act normal, but like court people. And like, <laughs> this is nuts though. Like this dude is probably worth the, the amount of like a small Island. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that show Billions, um, the main actor of it from Sideways, he's my favorite actor. I don't uh, even Paul know Yeah, he go hard, bro. Yeah. He, what I, I really, he was, his best role, here's a better picture, was John Adams. If you've not seen John Adams, the show, he's the star and he plays John Adams. Yeah, yeah. Sick. That one should be like required viewing, man. That's a great series. John Adams or Billions? John Adams. Well, both of them, but John Adams more so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that 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 was sick. Billions, it was good too. I didn't like the newer seasons, um, but like the first three, I really liked a lot. 
But you're right. The Machine Gun Kelly is another example. Um, when I first started this channel, I was like, yo, look out for Machine Gun Kelly because he was wearing a dress and then he became super famous. So it's something you could just, you see someone wearing a dress. Well, can, it's a cheat code because now instead of it having to be a humiliation ritual, now it's like, here's the direction we want society in. And if you get big enough and you, and you do this thing that we want you to do without us asking you, then you get treated and your treat is you get to go on the Emmys and you get to be on magazine covers. And, and it's almost like when you start training your kids, like if you clean your room without being asked, or if you do the dishes without being asked, like maybe you get these like extra treats or something, or you get like an extra little allowance. And it's just a way of like this very subtle, positive reinforcement. And I feel like that's part of this because it's pushing it towards this new evolution in society where everyone's just whatever they are that day. But also if you look at like the nineties and like all the humiliation rituals of black actors, I think this one was like, the entertainment executives is like, okay, we need to find a way to soften black people for the masses. And how can we take these, you know, scary black men, they're going to steal your wives and make them non-threatening. We'll just put them in dresses. We'll just have them be doing like silly feminine stuff. And now they're a little bit more approachable, a little bit less offensive. And then over time they can take the dress off a little bit. But now this dress on Kid Cudi is not the same you know, trying to project yourself as being like non-confrontational and, and meek. This is the new way. This is like that new, you know, Carl Sch Klaus Schwab, eat bugs and wear dresses kind of thing. Yeah. Mystic Mark, what, what's your, what, what's your thoughts on all of this? Never worn a dress, never will. I don't care how famous my podcast is going to get, Donut. You're never going to get me in a dress. Hey, I know how big your podcast is. I know it's big. I, I was talking to Juan today. He was telling me he was he was telling me how big your podcast is the, with the downloads. Well, you would you would ten mil? Yeah. My downloads. He was here like ten mil, mil, bro. Wait, do you mean ten million? Per episode, download? what do you mean, ten mil? Yeah, ten million downloads. No, I, I, no, no, total. No, total downloads. I'm way yeah. beyond ten million. Okay. That's a lot. Hundred? You beyond a hundred million? Total downloads were were pushing five hundred million, but that's nice. total downloads across the whole. That's a half a billion. Am I? Yo, no. Kick, kick some of that trickle no. down over over my yes. way, bro. I, you guys I just checked. I'm at 362. Period. Not thousand. Not million. Just 362. You guys have you guys have me all mixed up. I gotta look at my download numbers. I think it's actually in the hundreds of thousands. I, you guys have me tripping over here. You gotta. You're, I would assume you're way over a million, man. Do I need to look to? think so i just now i'm for some reason i'm second guessing if it's five million or if it's five hundred thousand it's yeah no it's yeah five we're, we're almost near, at five million total downloads Woo -woo. across the whole podcast not one are we, are we busting out I'm the books yet donut is that what's going on yes I, I felt like i wanted to to bust out some books uh and one of on the illuminati i know you got a lot yes but this is one of the ones i really enjoy that's the really, best one, my opinion. Out of all the Illuminati bo box I've ever come across, this 
uh, follows reply is the one to start with, or at least to end on. Mm -hmm. I put a documentary about this book over on the Patreon. So everybody go subscribe to my Patreon, please. (laughs) I'll I'll play the video though for everybody here. So if you don't want to subscribe, it's fine. Um, Yeah. So this book really opened my eyes to a, a lot of, research I'll, I'll upload the video real quick on my breakdown of it um one second various degrees of the illuminatus Tylo's hidden hand yo what up it's donut okay so i'll play a little clip of it i'll skip that but yeah and then i guess we can kind of review a little bit of it hey also known as philo the second in command of the illuminati you could see him doing the hidden hand right here yeah so i think that's very important what do you got what do you got right oh my god that's john todd but him doing the hidden hand what i understand is that he was part of the observant right i believe i gotta I gotta look at it real quick but he was part he the the strict observance i mean yeah he was part of philo right philo was part of the strict observance so he wanted to rebuild masonry he wanted to make it great again you know he wanted to pull a donald trump (laughs) right um mafa (laughs) yeah he wanted to he really wanted to maga or whatever make uh i guess yeah mafa doesn't work but whatever the maga version of make make the illuminati great again but that's a a, cl- a clever or a precise breakdown of what he was trying to accomplish. Mega, he was trying to make Masons great again because, um, and he had the connections through the um, strict observance lodge, where he recruited everybody into the Illuminati around the eighteen hundreds. It says that the Illuminati was founded in 1776, but it was mere just an idea at the time. And Adam Weishaupt sent in secretaries, in a sense, to make him look like he was hot shit. <laughs> and really manipulated Kinnegy, Philo, the second in command of the Illuminati, to actually build the Illuminati with his connections in uh, the strict observance is this correct there's there's another really important dynamic here though it's that it wasn't like philo just straight up started recruiting freemasons into the illuminati that did happen and i was i was looking to see if i could find uh an entry on him somewhere in in this book that's really good the perfectiblists i think this is by a Trinday, Trinidad, Trinidad. And this was the um, name of the Illuminati before it was. Yeah, they the, they workshopped the name a little bit, right? Because they also had like Order of the Bees they wanted to do. They had a few different names that they were going with. And then but, they uh, went with the Illuminati Norden. That's what they ran with. It's, the it's a little bit of a wordful. I don't know if I like that one as much. The Illuminati Norden. I wanted to just throw out one really important dynamic that gets overlooked is that the that um, right of strict observance, the lodge of strict observance, they had this core uh, philosophy that tied Freemasonry to the Knights Templar. 
So a lot of people, they love that. They love to be in like, yo, I'm a Knights Templar. You know, I've uh, like, I date back. I can trace my lineage back to the, the Knights of the Round Table and all of this sort of like romanticized version of things. And what happened is that the right of strict observance, so this order strict observance, they decide that, you know what, guys, stop talking about um, like the Knights Templar. We're not from the Knights Templar. We've got no connection to the Knights Templar. Like, stop doing it. it. It's making us look silly. I'm paraphrasing this a little bit. But then at a certain point, there was this big upheaval where they did the um, uh, the Council of Wilhelm's Bad, I believe. And when they go here, it was basically all these different Freemasonic factions. The Illuminati was there. The Rosicrucians were there. And they all kind of collectively decided, all right, no more of this uh, Knights Templar stuff in Freemasonry, like from here on out. And since von nige was so deep into that connection to the knights templar he was kind of bummed out about it and he knew a bunch of other people that were bummed out about it so he goes around to them and he's like hey man isn't that crazy how we're not allowed to talk about knights templar anymore in lodge they're like yeah yeah and he's like hey man i've got this other you know click it's got me and a whole bunch of the homies and all we do is talk about knights templar and if you want to join them you know come with me and that was basically how he would recruit the illuminati he was looking at like disgruntled Freemasons that were bummed because they couldn't claim right to the Knights Templar anymore. And this was giving them like a, a way like, Hey, we still party with the Knights Templar. Come over here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. And this is a long time ago, you know, I mean, no, it wasn't a long time ago. I, I, but from having a cell phone, like they didn't have cell phones back then. So you couldn't be entertained. And that was probably very entertaining for, the people of this uh right of strict observance look at that it says worms that always popped out you know what else too is uh right here um johan napomic napomic saint napomic i believe is the patron saint of bohemian club wow so there's another connection between the illuminati and and bohemian club yeah yeah I feel like the Bohemian Club's probably an arm of the Illuminati. Right there. Don't know. The greatest people party on a way to end phones. Yeah, like it's not entertaining back then. So the way people entertain themselves, like with Hassan Asabi or whatever his name is, uh, Hassan Asab. From the assassin order like if you're bored as shit and you got nothing to do and then this guy kidnaps you in a sense and hallucinogenics you and brings you to the orgy garden and then drops you off and well they decapitated someone's head after it so like you're just like this you don't have a cell phone you're walking around you know you're bored <laughs> you get taken oh. <laughs> into a, a secret orgy garden and boredom, is, boredom and, is as modern as cell phones. Boredom brings creativity. Um, but I'm just saying, I'm just trying to put my my mind into you're just bored walking around, you get invited to this crazy sex party, and then after it, you see this guy's head decapitated, but he's really buried in sand, and then he's got body parts all around him and blood, and then it's a member of the order and he's all like, yo, I saw the future. He says some, something crazy to the person. And then 
um, later on, they actually decapitate that guy. So they think that this guy from the dead is talking and then they drop him off at his home. And then you're just like, what was that? You know, that would trip someone out. That's like project blue beam back then. I don't know. I think me and everyone in the chat are just uh, really taken back at this really excellent <laughs> book walkthrough we're getting. It's a very beautiful book. It kind of feels like we're looking through a you know uh, yearbook for the Illuminati High School. <laughs> That's but, exactly uh, what it is. The, <laughs> the way that you oh, there's Kinnegy, right? <laughs> relatives like you know the guy who fucked the pig the hardest or you know the guy who shoved the most apples uh you know up his rear end like i, I think it was more know. like who whoever was voted to be the one to be able to fuck the most pigs like a like a typical uh, yearbook fashion i just love the way that you scan through scan through it so this is the perfectibilist book and it's going over all the different people that were part of the Illuminati. Yes. You can find this book on trineday.com, T-R-I-N-E-D-A-Y.com. I've interviewed the guy who runs the publishing company. Chris Milligan. Um, but Terry, I haven't interviewed Terry yet. I want to get this book first. Hmm. Okay. Is this like a, a, this bookshop is like what what is this bookshop it's an uh, it's a publishing company they publish books by authors that wouldn't be able to publish their books in most other places because you know most publishing companies they don't take these topics seriously or they deride conspiracy theory or they 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 negate it or what what's the word I'm like dismiss it by saying all oh, these these types of books don't sell well which is just altogether not true because how else I mean Thomas can tell us firsthand he's a publisher but uh, try trying to yeah they're great for publishing like people who wouldn't get published anywhere else for example Whitney Webb very well known journalist and conspiracy theorist okay or all right realist. I would I would call her a conspiracy realist, but okay, dope, dope. I'm gonna check this this place out. And here's the entry on Adam Weissop, and they've got a whole bunch of really good. So here's the certificate of membership uh, to the Bavarian Academy of Science, 1808, and then it even breaks down his descendants, so all the ones that came after him. So Carl Weissop, Alfred Weissop. Here's his death mask. So if we ever want to clone Adam Weissop, we've got the death mask to uh to make uh, at least a close enough replication of him. And then yeah, just more of more of the guys that are in here. I was trying to find uh Von Nige. He hasn't come up yet, but maybe he'll come up at the very end. Yeah. Giuseppe Illuminati cell in Naples. He probably uh, knew one of the Rothschilds. Yeah, the Rothschilds are trending right now. I guess Jacob Rothschild has a picture with MLK. Does he really? That's nuts. 
I'll bring it up. I don't, you know, I, I didn't look too much into it, but I'll I'll show you the, the pictures that I saw on Twitter. Um give me a minute to find it. Yeah, this is the George Washington quote from John Robinson. 1798 and he says it was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the illuminati and principles of jaconism had not spread in the united states on the contrary no one is more truly satisfied this fact than i am washington and adam weissop identified as being the same person in the fictional illuminatus trilogy by robert anton wilson so th some of these like uh these theories right about uh adam weissop and george washington being the same person uh, like it was maybe perpetuated by Robert Anton Wilson to begin with. So I don't know if that makes him like a, if that's disinformation or if it's just like historical fiction to get people more interested in it. It's a, it's a fine line between the two, I think. Interesting. So the thing that I saw trending, I don't, I haven't looked into it, so I don't want to like give any false information um, but they're like, yo, this dude's Jacob Rothschild, right? Um, and Jacob Rothschild, as you can see right here. Um, but the picture that they have is with someone named Jacob Rothschild, but I don't think it's the same guy. I could be wrong, but it looks like it's a, a rabbi just with the same last name, but, um, something I'll, I'll look more into what's the jaw todd yeah okay oh dang you pull it out of the wrapper yeah we're pulling out the wrapper here smash that Let's like see. button <laughs> you hit that like button i'll maybe i'll open up the cover too so this smash so this like one button. is uh the todd phenomenon okay um, explain who john todd is so John Todd, if you look really closely at the cover here, there's these little like cassette tapes on the left and right side of his head, right? So John Todd got somewhat famous in the underground conspiracy world because he claimed to have been um, in like basically in the top levels of the Illuminati, that he was in this grand druid council, that his lineage was, you know, this like magical um bloodline that he could trace back now i'll just lead this one saying i think he was a complete con man i think everything that he said was uh bs if anything he he likely ran a number of occult bookstores so he was well versed on the occult because he was like deep into it himself and then he would he would basically pose as being this like born again christian and try and tell people hey i've got the inside scoop i've know all about it and i'm i'm reformed now but even while he was doing that, he still owned occult bookstores and was still like dabbling in occult. So I, I think he was a an interesting dude that uh, was essentially a con man that also just grifted all sides. You know, he grifted the occultists, he grifted Christians. But this is a book that what I remember from him is that he was the guy that said that they do the satanic ceremony over the records, then then the records get put out by like mtv and all that and the record labels and i don't think that's wrong but i i don't know i think that right um, like it, it's probably not wrong but he's probably wasn't there for it and i, I mean i've got a lot of really good notes in in this one Ooh. Uh, and like, like like for example here's here's a good one right it says that um in late 1973 todd continues to mispronounce illuminati as illuminetti 
although by late 1973 began to correct himself um especially so that like this this book is essentially like a, a debunking of uh, well you know John i Todd used a little bit. i used to call per- paracelsus paraculus right but but the point being is that he was supposed to be from like he was actually in the illuminati and he came from these bloodlines oh. and his whole family had been trained about it but he didn't he didn't, he didn't know, know how to pronounce it. it and then when he got corrected he actually changed the way he pronounced it so i don't know maybe there's like a secret way to pronounce it it's actually illuminetti but it feels more like he just didn't know what the hell he was talking about and was making it up as he goes which is very adam weissop right that's kind of what adam weissop did is that he would just make stuff up as he went and when people went to check him on it then he would go and have his homies like oh crap someone's grilling me on this weird occult stuff like write something up for me and that was kind of what von nige was all about damn and here's here's uh todd uh todd's birth certificate that says showing him to be born may 19th 1949 to joyce benita todd not louise hubner um because he claimed that his mom was this famous witch right but his birth certificate doesn't note that and again maybe it was falsified right but this whole book breaks down like all these inconsistencies about what Todd said and what was true. Here's one of the the really OG ones. So here's the power of the Illuminati, right? Bank of England, France, Federal Reserve, Standard Oil. And then it breaks down, you know, here are the principalities. You've got, let's say, Lasers, Bacchus, Pan, Medici, Set. So a lot of this stuff that still comes up today, like this is old school, man. We're talking mid seventies with a lot of this stuff. And that's what 50 years ago now. How much do you think this book is worth right now? It says $1. Yeah, $1.95. I think if you just move uh, this decimal to the left one, I think that's probably what it's, or or, sorry, to the right too. So I think it's probably around like 200. I will see them go for, I, I paid, I think 30 bucks for this maybe wow. 15 20 years ago wow but this is a it's a great book man and the the only other really good um deep dive i've ever seen into john todd was uh from a very biased publication but i think it was called like catholic magazine and they actually sent like investigators and went and found all the old occult bookstores that he had helped run and did even more digging on them he had a show in phoenix where i'm at out in arizona so I'm sure I could find some info. You you should dig up some of those original recordings, man. That would be next level, seriously. Right, let me screenshot the screen so I don't forget. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. In, in addition, he impregnated his wife's teenage. Was it say sister or daughter? Crazy. Crazy. That is nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Have you ever got into a uh, Rabbi Marvin Antelman? I don't think I have. I don't know if I've ever heard of it before. Yeah, I haven't read it uh, yet, but I bought all of his books. Um, he's a rabbi, and he was breaking down the uh, the Illuminati. Um, I know there's some merit to it. I think he was bringing up Mendelssohn, which we'll add into our uh, uh, our pamphlet that we're working on. Paranoid and I are working on. Nobody's heard about it yet. 
but we're going to put together something amazing. What is that, Mark, Steve? This is a book I bought at the junk shop. That's a great find, man. You know who Jim Hoogan is or Hogan? Uh-uh. Who's that? Um, the author of this book. But he writes about... <laughs> I've only read 50 pages. Didn't he used to go to... I only read the first 50 pages. And maybe. What's this? How do you spell But he talks name? about the guy... H-O-U-G-A-N, Jim. Uh, and he writes about the guy who invented the silencer, a, na a guy named Mitchell Werbel. I believe he was a World War II veteran. And after uh, Korea, he invented the silencer. After the Korean War, he invented the silencer and then began marketing it under a company called Psionics. And the military was so impressed with his work. And they were also, uh, a lot of the OSS guys knew him from those days. I don't know his exact credentials. He's kind of like a spooky, shadowy figure, obviously. He's in a book called Spooks. But um, he invented the, the silencer. And then he invented the Mac. 10 and the mac 11 you guys you guys probably know what those guns are because they're like super pop culture you know you see it in Grand right, Theft Auto. it's the classic gangbanger submachine gun right. right so he invented that and uh began basically marketing these weapons to like third world countries and the government the military gave him like an honorary rank as a general and he started doing all these like basically shadow wars in other countries and one of them that not a lot of people know about happened in florida where cbs actually financed these cuban and bahamanian rebels exiles to stage an attack on cuba and because cbs was filming it for a documentary they literally paid for the exiles weapons so they like funded an attack on cuba cbs and this guy mitch werbel was a part of it and uh yeah but, you know mm. this, reminds yeah it reminds me of jim jones you know deadly assassination tool he used to go around to like big wig financiers and do demonstrations where in like an office building he would show off his silencer by shooting it into like a, a telephone book stack and like nobody in the office outside of the room even noticed that a gun was fired because these silencers work so well so just think about like you know this is in the 50s and 60s they're developing these weapon technologies that not only silenced the firearm but uh made them more accurate like some of the and more efficient too because you wasted less bullets when you use a silencer um they they basically proved that in vietnam how how cost effective these silencers were i know this is a topic i kind of want to stay away from um just because <laughs> it's, a, it's a sensitive one it, but it does remind yeah. me a lot like the CB, the CBS connection reminds me a lot about of uh, Jim Jones because when Jim Jones when that went down on three two two day of the year November eighteenth, uh, they had the whole film crew there. The whole news media was there filming 
all the polit the politician dude getting whacked. It was all like set up for filming. So it sounds a lot similar to this, the CBS thing and the Jim Jones. Yeah, I just man. know that topic, that topic. Of, there's a deep the, connection there. That the, the second topic on the second is always gotten me in trouble. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about right now. The, the the thing that you screw on the other thing is that a is that a hot button topic? No, just yeah. the well the yeah. word the word G U N. It's like oh, a, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the algorithms of dog, where you can't say treat, you know. So you gotta be like T R E A T. The algorithms like G U N. Who wants to go okay. for a W A L K? that's a that's that's nuts that's nuts another book that i liked is uh oh man I should, I should <laughs> we're, we're just violating <laughs> left and right here man <laughs> this, yeah this stream is is it's that david ike book that david <laughs> ike book is crazy <laughs> i thought it was gonna cut it off from uh the way the camera dang it <laughs> That is nuts. They, but hey, we're like we're live streaming pretty late at night, so I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You got any other cool books? Yeah, to I, got, show? I got another one here. I'll, I'll flip on my other camera though. Or here, I'll, I'll show it first. So this is if you can get a copy of this on eBay or whatever, uh, they're still not that expensive. I think you can find them for like 30 bucks, and it's these two volumes. And it's called The Secret Societies of All Ages and Countries by Heckthorn. And it is one of the best freaking books because it's it covers groups that I haven't still heard of today outside of this book. Uh, let me see if I got... Bam. Sick. Yeah, I'm definitely going to order that tonight. And I was telling you guys that I've, I've got a second copy of this just in case something happens to my first copy. Because again, I haven't found any other. Um, I haven't found this anywhere else. I've found a couple PDFs and stuff online, which are probably just as good. But like, look at just the intro, right? Embracing the mysteries of ancient India, China, Japan, Egypt, Mexico, Peru, Greece, Scandinavia, Kabbalists, Christians, heretics, assassins, thugs, Templars, Vem, Inquisition, mystics, Rosicru. And this is book one, right? And you got a second book that keeps going into even more of them. Um, but yeah, it talks about Rosa Cruz. Uh, so it's 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 basically just like an alphabetical, uh, but well, it's grouped in different ways. So here's this is a uh, volume two actually. So volume two has a whole section just on Freemasonry. Okay. Right? All this is all Freemasonry. And then in here I can zoom in a little bit. Um Sick. and then it gets into anarchists. So all these different socialist groups, um, political secret societies. This is probably going to talk about the Black Hand, for example, that that you've brought up uh, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, and, there's, and the, the, there's the Black Dragon as well, the Japanese uh, secret society. The Carbonari. Um, this is another one that gets linked to the Illuminati sometimes. I think uh, incorrectly, but it is what it is. The Nihilists. 
Uh, here we've got just miscellaneous, the ABC friends. Like these are the cool ones, right? Like I've never heard of almost any of these guys. Yeah, um, no, they're uh, all yeah, over the location. Smokers. So that was that's the second book, and then the first book uh, goes into got a big intro, but yeah, here's all the groups that this one goes into. So it basically starts out and just talking about the nature of secret societies, how they started, what all the different aspects of them. And then it gets into the the most ancient ones first. So the Magi, um, the cult of Mithras, right? Here's the Brahmins. And this is another cool thing about this book is that so many of these books that I come across, they'll like focus on just, I don't know, like European secret societies, or maybe they just focus on Egyptian. This one does everything. Like they talk about Chinese, Japanese, Mexican, and Peruvian mysteries, clothing and bloody skins like this is one of the cool like uh the big hs word i don't know how easy that is to say uh but like all the druids like again this is one of the coolest freaking books i've ever come across and i've never heard of some of these things lodge of wisdom like i could only imagine coming across this pre-internet days like this would have been an absolute treasure trove whole section on rosicrucianism how many then, pages all together is it? Uh, let's see. Each one's about 350. So, yeah, about 700 pages total between Whoops, the two of them. Cool. Yeah, I found volume two uh, PDF. I so, want to yeah, say... I, uh, highly recommended, man. Yeah, that's sick. What were you saying, Mystic Mark? You found it? Yeah, it's it's available on PDF. Here's a PDF that I just finished reading. Read the whole thing. Absolutely. Oh, I had him on the podcast. You had him on the podcast, Richard B. Spence? Yeah, twice. He's great. Man, if you could if you could get me to be able to talk to him, that'd be fabulous. He also wrote the Aleister Crowley Agent 666 book. Yeah. And he also wrote some books about the Russian Revolution. He's great. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I was very like skeptical because it was had the History Channel logo on it, and you know. But after reading it, it made me understand secret societies uh, on such a, a deeper level as well, um, and how it does play into the spy rings. Uh, Helen Blavatsky was a spy. Uh, Aleister Crowley was a spy and he was saying that the reason Aleister Crowley really went to America was a lot of like COINTEL pro operation type stuff from the British government. So he could just muddy the waters in a sense, just, it was very chaotic. Um, but going into the, the order of the golden dawn and getting the information and becoming a, a huge figure in it as well, it makes a lot of sense. And here's a couple of quotes that he said in that secret societies aren't freakish sideshows in history. Rather, they are usually at the very heart of it. Secret societies are all around us. They always have been and they always will be. And I, you know, I just posted a link in the private chat where the Freemasons have actually retroactively adopted the loyal order of the water buffalo. And there's a specific, I think it's a Shriner Lodge called the Lodge of Aleppo. And they have a degree you can go through where you actually become a water buffalo 
uh, just like the Flintstones, and they got the blue hat, and like they they all dress up in like the Flintstones gear and everything. So I mean, they got they got a sense of humor. So you could see right there at the bottom right the Flintstones, just like the Simpsons have the Stonecutters Club, but the Flintstones had their own secret society called the Loyal Order of the Buffalo, and it's now a real thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. They did a good job, at least, with the presentation. I mean, that's I don't know. I think that's, that's pretty hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's great. Great find. <laughs> well, I appreciate both of you. We just hit in that two-hour mark. Make sure to subscribe to Mark. Mystic Mark got his links down below and Paranoid American. Woo woo. Woo woo. Um, me and Paranoid American yes, are going to have. Send me monies. Send us all monies. Yes, please. But so I don't have to wear a dress. Mystic Mark. I don't want to have to wear a dress on Donuts Patreon, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. That's a good idea. We could do that too, you know. Uh, times is tough, you know, <laughs> over here, but, uh, paranoid and I are working on a pamphlet, which we're going to break down the Illuminati like none other. Do you want to reveal any of that information or do you want to keep that? Yeah, man. I mean, it'll basically be very similar to the, uh, homunculus owner's manual that I did with Juan from the one-on-one podcast where we break down all the deep research on alchemical and historical homunculi of all different kinds and then i got a this is the first one that i did is on mk ultra that breaks down the entire mk ultra program and all of the little sub projects and basically like it gets into the the dirt right fidel castro assassination attempts jfk assassination rfk assassination here where i was talking about before about Sidney gottlieb being obsessed with the king kill ritual here it is right here yeah. Subproject yeah. 121, a Yoruba witch doctor study headed by Dr. Raymond uh, Prince from McGill University, focused on studying African mysticism, rituals, and poisons. That last line there, that last word, poisons, this is what connected Sidney Gottlieb to this research. And I really do think that this is where they found out about the King Kill ritual is through this uh, Yoruba witch doctor study. Again, MK Ultra Subproject 121. That's one of the most wild ones out there. So we're going to be working on an Illuminati pamphlet that's very similar to these guys. And it's going to break down like we've got I've still got stacks of books here, right? Like here's the here's a big boy um, that's just as big as any of the other ones we've talking about. And this is a full breakdown of the Bavarian Illuminati. This is one of the better um, sort of like real like, There's Not a lot of pictures in this one. I'll say it's lots of words. But we've taken all this information. There's a stack of books that'll go higher than my camera will go. And we're going to try and plug all the greatest hits into a little Illuminati pamphlet. And this is going to be a special one because it's going to be kind of in the voice of Donut. So we're going to have yeah, Donut yeah. kind of be like hosting the pamphlet in a cool way. Yeah, you'll have my swag up all over there. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Uh, we've been working really hard on it and it should be coming out soon. And make sure to go over to Paranoid's website. He's got, and his YouTube, he's got comic books, stickers, those pamphlets, so much amazing stuff. If you enjoyed the Dolphin Illuminati song last night, that was all made by Paranoid American. So make sure to go subscribe. 
And Mark, wait, what you got for us? What, what's up? Uh, you got Patreon and you got Robert Spence up on there. Is that on your YouTube now? Oh, wrong button. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just gonna turn my camera off. Okay. My connection has been crappy, so I'm just going to my camera off. might be a little more solid. But, uh, yeah, Patreon, YouTube, I got tons of interviews. I have interviewed Richard Spence, and that the first interview is on YouTube. I don't know about the second one, but it's available on any podcast app. So go and check it out. Uh, we're almost at 5 million downloads, not 500 million. But, hey, one day uh, we'll be at 5 million. Five million, million is a lot of downloads. But, uh, I get like two hundred. It's a lot for a podcast. For for the podcast, it's 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 a lot. But we've had a couple hundred episodes and tons of and awesome on, people and, tuning in. Yeah, I've been on it too. Donut was on recently. Yeah, Donut was on recently for our end of the year wrap up. I tried to get Thomas on there, but he was out partying somewhere i forget where he was but uh but it's okay we're i'm gonna have thomas back on the show soon and uh, yeah mysteries bro i was i was down in the cave come more great episodes i just put out one today about atlantis oh sick sick yeah Yeah, it's all good you do you i'm gonna invite you on the show Yes, yes. Uh, it was amazing. And also make sure to go subscribe to my Patreon. I just released the secret meeting, just the presentations though. So everyone who was actually at the secret meeting got a little more info, but this is over an hour of amazing presentations. Got the dragon decode, got me out in Mexico talking about rituals, uh, documentaries, all that good stuff. Make sure to go subscribe to that. Got those links down below. And much love, everybody, and God bless you.